I think I think if if Linux were a cologne, just by nature, it would be like if they took every single cologne and every single perfume that ever existed and they put them in the same bottle, shook it up, sprayed it. That's what it would be. Because there's so many intricate little parts that were built by other people. All their musk is everywhere. Bits of real panther. transition into the topic oh the topic today's actual topic yeah you're going to introduce it but we're going to transition to that because then we can talk more about that point and how we use our home office setups yeah yes so we are developers and gamers in real life and so developers and gamers in real life love to talk about the stuff that they use mm-hmm. and love to talk about their gear and we are no different so we are going to bring you some some gear goodness today for your ear holes. Yeah. Greg's yeah. talked about it a little bit about his, his monitors and his whole setup. This is actually a very good topic because you and I last year around the same time were shopping for custom built PCs and like parts and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very poor time to be trying to buy a GPU, unfortunately, it's but true. I, I think it actually worked out. I paid okay. a lot for mine. You paid quite a bit. I also paid quite a bit for mine, but maybe not quite as much. Well, I think I got I got the three year like replacement warranty because at the time you were like, "Oh, you might go to Bugs Rocks," and I was like, "Well, well, it's because people." Remember. Well, yeah, yeah well, that was the way. height of the that was the height of the cryptocurrency craze, and yeah. people were literally getting Boxer Rocks in their 1080Ti. So I was like, "I'm worried for you, Craig." Yeah, but I bought it from Newegg, and but the problem was they had no the reason the only reason why I bought the warranty was because they had no returns. Uh, okay. It was like you buy it, you can't return it, you can't exchange it. Yes, that's true. Some weird new egg rule. That, you, I think you could return it for the same item, but you could never return it for cash. Yes, and there was, was the, only within fourteen days. There's the possibility that they wouldn't have the same. They item. They wouldn't even have the same item. Yeah, because that was near the end of the ten or the one thousand one zero. Well, XX. It was about a six seven months before, but yeah, it was towards the end of it. Yeah, they. I think they had announced the next series, and like those were coming up. So mm, I don't think they had announced because everybody was still calling it. They they announced Turing, yeah, but they hadn't announced what they were called. They had been talking about like ray tracing and stuff by then already. I think. Uh, I think that came later because I had my XP when they talked about ray tracing. Yeah, because I was like, I wonder if my XP could run ray tracing. Yeah, I got pretty lucky because, and I'm actually to this day thankful that Newegg did this. Newegg was trying to curb the the cryptocurrency craze with the GPUs. Yeah, they were so doing a lot of they limits. Were doing, uh, they were doing limits and they were doing packages, right? So they would do the thing where they'd be like, okay, here's the card that by itself on the open market would cost $600. We're going to make it into a bundle with a motherboard. Yeah, and like, and an expensive $700. processor. So an it's expensive not like, processor. So it's yeah. like you can't just buy the board to mine yeah. Coins with it. You have and to buy like a. Mode. You have to buy a whole system. Like a, well, hey, look, mm-hmm. I was in the market for a whole system. Worked out really well for me. Yeah, I got a nice. Uh, well, I was also going AMD, which was apparently not a. Apparently, crypto folks didn't like AMD processors. That didn't make any sense. So I got a GTX 1080 the with with gigabyte. a motherboard. They gave it by Windforce one mm-hmm. with the three fans. Mm-hmm. I got the Aorus motherboard with the higher end chipset so I can overclock my chip, even though the Ryzen's at the time weren't really great overclockers. It has LEDs on it. It looks amazing. I really like it. Um, and then 
I have the first generation Ryzen 7 1800X. Like six cores, right? Eight cores. Eight cores. 16 threads. Mm-hmm. Every time I open up Activity Monitor or HTOP or any anything. It's just like the, the thing six, HTOP's like, I have no idea what to do with this. lines. What is this computer? 16 gauges for each one of the cores. It's glorious. Yeah. It's really nice. That makes me really happy. I still, to this day, over a year later, probably like a year and a half now, have not been able to push that thing to max on anything. I tried to encode a 4K video the other day and it didn't even sweat. I've never, except for running Prime 95, I've never gotten my processor to do anything of substance. It's like 22% running Destiny. Yeah. Even when I uh, am exporting the files, the WAV files for our podcast episodes, even the original full quality WAV files that usually come in around like four-ish gigs a piece, 45 seconds. Hmm. Whereas I, I've, I've run a test before where, I'm, where I've tried to compile or export the files on the laptop that we use to record and my main computer at the same time. This thing takes usually about 10 to 15 minutes. That thing takes about 45 seconds. It's a gigantic difference. It's a huge, huge difference. So just to run down the specs, I guess on my machine very quickly, GTX 1080, the GPU, Gigabyte motherboard, AMD 1800X, eight, eight threads, eight, eight cores, 16 threads, 32 gigs of RAM. That was key. That's pretty crucial because I knew at the time that 16 gigs was not going to be enough. I yeah. knew that for a fact. And I also think that the 32 gig um, kits mm-hmm. with the two 16, two 16 gig sticks, that was like the sweet spot price-wise. It was also very high. It was also very high, but in terms of like the price, two most expensive pieces, price per gigabyte for the thirty-two gig kits was actually lower than for than it was for the sixteen gig kits. The price per yeah okay right, so it made sense to do mm-hmm. it that way. Is it overkill? For now, maybe. For now, maybe. But the thing is, is that at the time, you and I were both running machines at work where we had sixteen gigs mm-hmm. in the laptops, and it wasn't enough. Yeah, but I think this is much faster RAM, much faster bus speeds. But yeah. That's true. But a lot of the things uh, on my personal machine, a lot of the things I'm running are very RAM intensive things. Like I have basically my Slack with, I don't know, five or six different rooms in there. I have... That's, that's expensive as Slack? Yeah. Have you ever seen every single, every single, I think every single room that you're in on Slack at least is its own thread. Yeah, I think it's, it's its own, own RAM. I think it's its own socket. Yeah, so it's even. It's not even. It doesn't even correlate one to one like a tab in Chrome. It's actually like, I think every single conversation that you're in correlates to a tab. That's how mm-hmm. big the scale is. It's kind of, you know, there's ways to solve this with multiplexing. PubNub has a solution for this. I'm sure there is, but I don't want to spend time on it. No, I mean like if I was building the app. You yeah, if you're building the app. Yeah, we PubNub has multiplexing where even, even with having like up to 32 channels, each channel could be individually encrypted and come down one pipe. That would make a lot of sense. I feel like there's probably... I've seen a lot of uh, these kind of aggregator apps. I don't know what else to call them, where you can load up all of your electron-based messaging services into one app and you can kind of tap through them. So you can have like Gitter, Discord, you know, Facebook Messenger, and Slack all have their individual tabs and then each one of those has its own little interface, right? Because it's just seems populating like, a web page. Well, the idea is to have everything in one place. It seems like if you were building an app like that, you'd have to do some sort of... You'd have to do at least something with the notifications to make it smart. Yes, yes, you would. But at the end of the day, it's just Electron. 
And so that's where, that's where my RAM needs come from for mm. the most part. So that is my, that is my main desktop machine. I am running two 27-inch 1440p monitors by made by BenQ. I've talked to the, about them a little bit on the show. I think I have. Maybe. They're pretty good. They're not they're not 144 hertz monsters like yours, but they're pretty good. My 144 hertz monitor does not look that good. Your oh. BenQs look pretty good. They they do look pretty good. They work for my purposes. I think my my use cases are a little bit different from yours. I think in order for me mm-hmm. is audio production. So our show plus in Linux in well yes in Linux mm-hmm. my main my main operating system is Linux uh, I do have a Windows partition on the drive because there are some games that I have to play through Windows for whatever reason a lot of reasons but my main operating system my daily driver is Linux specifically I'm running Elementary OS right now and it looks great it looks amazing those guys do an amazing job the, the guy who runs it um, his name is Daniel Foray he's on all the Linux podcast all the time. And he's a, he's a very important voice in the Linux community. Shout out to him. But they, they always do a great job. And they, one of the things that they emphasize when they put out a new version is that they don't ever have like a scheduled release. They always say it comes out when it's ready. Hmm. Right. And so people are always clamoring for like, Oh, I need to, I need to know. I need a new one, man. Give Give me the new one, man. Come on, man. I need it. And every single time somebody asks him about this, he's like, when it's ready. And they never tell you ahead of time. You just have to, you just go on the website one day and it's there. But it's it's a big enough deal to where if you're on Twitter or reading the news at all, you're going to hear about it. Hmm. And so yeah. that that's usually how I find out. I usually try to test drive it. Um, they do a new version, usually every LTS of Ubuntu because it's Ubuntu based. So I usually try to test drive at least elementary with the kind of default Ubuntu and then maybe one or two other distros that catch my eye. I usually give them about a week or so each to see which one I like the most. And elementary has worn out the last couple of times. So it's been good. It's been really rock solid, very, very stable. Looks beautiful. Looks great. Mm-hmm. Looks very Mac-like. If you're a Mac person, uh, it's definitely something worth checking out if you're Linux curious at all. What's your hard drive situation? My hard drive situation is also different from yours. I know why you asked me that. Because I'm going to go over your mine. Yes. So I have one boot drive that is a Samsung Evo. It's one of the NVMe ones. It's the, the gumstick size ones. For all you kids who know what gumsticks are, because that's not a thing anymore. No, I don't think they do. But it's li- it literally <laughs> looks like a stick of gum. It's very light. I thought I was going to break it the first time I took it out of the box. It's like a little, it's like a, if you, if you kids don't know, it's like a RAM stick. But like smaller. But a little wider but in a, and less to length. Yes. It's tiny. It's, um, it's, it's unbelievable how small these drives are. Considering I still remember what a three and a half inch drive I remember, yeah, I remember platter what looks a like. Western Digital Raptor looked like. I'm pretty sure I have one of those in here, around here somewhere. But so mine, I think I have 512. Do I have 512? I think you, you went a I totally not, different direction than I me. I did not go the full terabyte. I you went that. 512 and you divided it so that Windows runs on one half and Linux drive runs on the other half. Yes, that's true. That's exactly how I've set up. I so went I a have totally that. different route. So that's my boot drive, but then I have like a bunch of random like extra drives also plugged in inside of the case as like spare drives. And one of them is one of them is a terabyte. And I use that specifically for installing my Steam games under 
No, for my actual Steam game installations on both Windows and Linux. And that's an SSD? That is a... Like an old SSD. No, it's a spinning drive, but it's like the Oof. SSD form factor. It's the, like the smaller the two and a half inch micro ones, yeah. size, but it's a spinning drive. But the thing is that thing, it's, it's more for capacity than anything else. So I don't really care about the speed as much. Once the game is loaded, it's loaded. It runs fine. Hmm. But it's more about capacity because those games take a lot of space. They do. And NVMe drives are Wicked not fast. cheap. They're getting, they're coming for down. For the amount of space. They they're coming down now, but like, I don't want to have all my games installed on my boot drive. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. solutions for that. That's a very different setup from yours, Greg. Tell us about yours. Yeah, so mine is... So I, so I started with a couple pieces in this machine that I bought when I got it. <clears throat> and then through a couple of fortunate situations, I was able to upgrade a couple of them. So I started with a i7-8700K. So I went the Intel route because... Well, you know, at the time, uh, Intel's are are supposedly better for gaming. They say I don't think that's going to be I true think it's with the, the Gen threes. It's a single thread. It's yeah. The the historical conventional wisdom has been that if you need single thread horsepower, you go Intel. Yeah, that's what I did. If you are more of a multi threaded workflow, then you go AMD. Especially the newer the Ryzen, because this is the first generation Ryzen. There's yeah, I a think lot of latter generation Ryzens are going to change this probably. Yes, that's true. So I think my next computer will be a Ryzen, but Ooh. we'll see if the if the we'll see what Intel has at the time. But I don't know. So, anyways, I had the eighty seven hundred K, which is a six core, twelve thread, uh, four point five gigahertz boost, I think. And I got like a really nice chip silicon lottery where I didn't even have to for overclocking. I didn't even have to up the voltage, and it would run at four point seven gigahertz, which is it was enough to get like an extra. 5% out of 3D mark. So I was like, all right, it's good enough for me. On stock voltage. That's pretty impressive. On stock voltage. So the chip was pretty good silicon. And then it has 32 gigs of the Corsair, um, what's it? it's like the XMS. I don't know what they call them. It's the, the ones that... Uh, the RAM? The RAM, but it's like the... Um, it's like a, it's got like a white, white case on it. I don't know. It's not one of the cool I ones forget. with LEDs or anything. I just... I was going for like a, like a look where it was like the case is white... The RAM was white. The motherboard is dark. And I just wanted some contrast. And the motherboard is the ASRock Z370 Taichi, which is a pretty expensive motherboard. But I freaking love it. Like, yes. I've, I've had zero problems with it. It's amazing. It's like the most awesome motherboard. Except for the thing with the PCI slot, right? Yeah, except for when I first got it, <laughs> the PCI Express slot would not run at 16x. It would only run at 1x. Was that a setting in the BIOS? I no, was wrong it's literally or? broken. I had oh. to get. I had to get. It, uh, I had to get it uh, serviced. They send you a new one, or they just fix it? No, I just. Well, the guy told me to RMA it, and I was like, "No, I'll just return it to Amazon." So the Amazon gave me a new one. Oh, nice. So it was within. It was within the 14 days because I obsessed over it. I'm like, this thing is not operating as fast as it should. Doesn't make any sense. It was like it was okay, but it wasn't like amazing. But then what I realized was. The 1080 is so fast that it was able to run Tomb Raider on 1440, no problem at 1x, which is bonkers. It's bananas. The video card was like running at like 23% usage and it was running Tomb Raider at such a high resolution. Craziness. Like almost full specs. And then when I, when I got the motherboard replaced, I had to rebuild the whole PC, which was a pain in the ass. And then it... Was just it was just bonkers fast, ridiculously fast com compared to it. it. It like literally doubled the frames immediately, and the 1080 was able to run like Tomb Raider at 60 FPS, like no problem. 
So that, and then it was the EVGA 1080, which from everything that I've read since then, I mean, I got the EVGA because it was available at the time, but everything I since then I've read, I'm never buying anything but an EVGA. They have such insane, awesome warranties. Yes, they do have very, very strong they warranties. They seem They're, like they actually care. They are one of the bigger GPU players in the market. So they they have definitely spent a lot of time building good products and also supporting them very well. So yes, that, yeah. that has been my experience as well. Yeah. So then there's that, the motherboard, the RAM, oh, and the hard drive situation. Um, the Tai Chi fortunately has three M2 slots. Three. Three. It's one of the one of the motherboards that has three total. Not one, not two, but three. Where do they all go on the one board? One is above the GPU, and then two are between the bottom PCI Express slot and the regular plebeian slots. So they're in between the PCI slots essentially. Yeah, on all yeah, all of them. So you have one, one between like the top slot and the CPU socket? Yeah, somewhere in there. Okay. So above the GPU. Gotcha. So what I did is I have I basically on the bottom two slots I have the OS slots so I have one 256 or I think it's 250 because SSDs aren't always like around 256 off. they round them off so it's a 250 gig that runs Windows boot drive and then I have a 250 gig that runs the Linux boot drive and then I have a 480 that holds all my games and I and I have ran out of space on that drive but I just remove a game. Like it's mm, enough for me. Interesting. So I have like five big games installed and then whenever I need to install a new one, I just like, maybe I'll remove GTA and the next time I want to play it, I'll just slog through the install. Yeah, I just hate waiting. Like if I'm going to sit down and play a game, I want to sit down and play the game. If I like load it up and I have to sit there and wait for it to to install, that would drive me nuts. That's why I have yeah. the bigger, slower drives to install the games too. So yeah, like I have all of my games installed right now. Right. I don't have as many games as you, but I have all of them. I don't them. have they're that all installed, many. They're all ready to go. I mean, the only games that I'm playing right now, uh, I have Assassin's Creed Odyssey is installed on my PC. I haven't played it in a month or two, but I know I'm going to beat it. I have um, Grand Theft Auto V installed, which I probably will uninstall because I don't think I'll play it. And then I have um, Destiny, not going anywhere. Um, and I think I have Witcher 3 because I just keep convincing myself that I'm going to beat it. Does Battle.net allow you to choose where you install the game? Yeah, they okay. all, all of them do. Yeah, Des Destiny's on that drive, the, the 480. So there's really nothing on the Windows drive, which is neat because if I need to reform my Windows, well, all the games just stay in the same place, point them at the same place, boom. Yeah, and you don't need to. I don't need to read. I don't. I, there's nothing on that drive that there's nothing on the the Windows drive. So this gets at like the first. Let's finish talking about hardware, and then we'll get okay. fundamental theories. But okay. the other thing was I had an opportunity to upgrade the. A friend of mine was working for a company that was like an artificial intelligence company, and they had a stack of eight Titan XPs they were using to try to do some stuff with Bitcoin. Um, oh, so one of those crypto guys. One of those crypto dudes. And then that company didn't work out. And then he got uh, that bay, that drive bay as like a severance from the company. So I bought one of the Titan XPs from him. Um, it was in pretty good condition. It didn't, it wasn't, uh, I'll talk about the <laughs> what I did to it, but it was, it was in pretty good condition. So the video card works great. Um, so I have a Titan XP that I got for, you know, a good, a very good price. Uh, and it's amazing. It's like 30 or 40. It, the thing was that I realized is that the EVGA one was already overclocked. So when I got the Titan XP, it was only about 20% faster than the 1080. But if you go on like benchmarks or whatever, uh, the, there's that website that has all the benchmarks. It says that a Titan XP is like 30% faster than a 1080. But that's not actually true because the 1080 that I had was faster. 
Yeah, so overclocked. Overclocked. it was a factory overclocked one. Yeah, it was a factory overclocked one. That EVGA card was amazing. Uh, Colin Coins has it, and he loves it. It's like he got the world's best deal. I think I sold it to him for like 400 bucks. Because at that point... Which is funny because I think that's the retail on that card. Yeah, but it's like at that point, they were selling for 550 and, you know, I bought it for 700 something. It was insane. Um, yeah, but anyways... So I have the, oh, and there was another fortuitous thing. So the other thing was that, you know, back in the day when Intel was doing the Intel 8086K giveaway? Yeah, the, um, it's not, not it wasn't i9, but it was the, it was the, um, it was the, it was the i7 8086. It was like the high spec, yeah, high, the highest bend i7. Yeah. It was before the i9, I think. It was before, was it was before the i9 officially existed, but yeah. the, it, it is the chip that eventually became branded the i9. I, I, I thought it was just a really well-binned i7, but whatever. Yeah, that's why an i9 is. Okay. Um, so I ended up winning that when I was in Hawaii for, for my friend's wedding. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. And then they shipped it to me. I was like, I'll never get it. And then they shipped it to me and I got it. So yeah, I have an Intel 8086K, uh, which is supposed to run at five gigahertz. But you know, the thing about Intel's marketing is that it's five gigahertz on a single core. Yes. Yeah, when they say turbo boost, they don't mean all 16 threads. They mean one thread. Yeah. And they pick the thread is the yeah, thing. And you can't choose. Well, you can. If you tell your motherboard to overclock all cores, it will do it. But by default, if the chip is left to its own devices, it will turbo boost on a single core to five gigahertz. So Naturally. It, it might not even be the thread that you needed to boost on. No, I think it prefers the faster thread. Like it knows what its fast thread is and it's like put the high workload there, but whatever. But the point is when I started overclocking it, uh, I realized that it, you know, it can't go above on all cores. It can run at five gigahertz, but it fails prime 95, like left and right. But I haven't tried updating the voltage. I'm afraid of doing that. But either way, um, it, one of these days, maybe I'll do that. Probably just going to leave it alone and go team red and then just not worry about it ever again. Ooh, team red, let's go. Because I mean, you don't really have to overclock those chips. They also don't really overclock that well. Mine is not, it is, you know how you said you won the Silicon lottery earlier? I lost it. Like I bought a hundred tickets and did scratch them all off and yeah, just not even Mine, bottom of the I barrel. I think the thing is the, the 80, the, the 8700 K that I got was the Silicon winner because they're supposed to run at 4.2 or something like that. 4.4, I think, is the default clock speed. And it was running at 4.7 all cores, no problem. Pi95 was perfect. It was probably faster than the 8086. But at boost, yeah. But that's that's, even that's just pretty in, solid. In life, it was a it was a rock solid chip. My friend has it. My friend uh, Bill has it, but um because he was he was going through some troubles at the time and he wanted to build a PC, so I I just gave him the chip because he helped me get the uh the XP. So that was like a payback. I kind of just gave him the because like when I won the chip, I was at his wedding and I was like, oh, I'll just give you the 8700K. So I gave it to him. But it's a better chip. <laughs> so I don't know. Pretty good chip. But the 8086K, just even at the same exact clock speed, same settings that I had the 8700K at, fails Prime 95 on one of the cores every time. It's the same core every time, right? But it's always on, it's not on the standard stress test. It's on like the stress test when it gets like- Yeah, small FFT probably. Like really, really high stress, it starts to fail. But I think if I up the voltage, it would run. Um, and then at the time I air cooled it because I was afraid of water cooling. Um, and then I just decided to get an AIO. So I have the EVGA dual fan, 240 millimeter uh, water cooling system. And it works beautifully. Yeah, it works pretty well. I mean, it. 
I did notice that when I run, when you run Prime 95 because it's water and there's not really, it's, it's harder for the heat to get away. It just takes longer. It, it heats up uh, faster at the high end. It like retains heat. Because yeah, it's water. It takes but longer. I think that the, yeah, like it'll, it'll, it'll get to a higher temperature after a long time, but the air cool couldn't handle it. Yeah, it would. It would get much hotter. Yeah. Quicker. The TDP of air cooling, it gets yeah. to TDP faster, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that slope of the cooling goes up here, but it can't, it's top yeah, level. It's top handle is not as high. Yeah, that's so. what I've experienced. So the water cooling works great. I mean, it's, it, it's went from running at like 40 degrees, 45 degrees, which is fine. Like at, at, at peak, like when I'm playing Destiny, to running at like 25 with the water cooler. It's not bad. And then when it, I don't think it, the thing about the water cooling is it doesn't really peak when I'm playing games. So no, the processor's you're not really, over, it's yeah, overkill. You're not pushing the chip at all really. So it doesn't, it's yeah. not going to, so. So anyways, that's pretty much it about the actual system. It's quite amazing. I like it a lot. It works really, really well. It's been rock solid since I got it. Um, plays games really well. Um, I think that's it for the core machine. I do have two monitors, but I want to save that. Well, unless, I don't know, do you want to mention all that? Or do you want I mean, to talk about- you've got your minor setup is kind of weird. We can talk about it a little bit. All right. So uh, to, to be brief, so the thing was is that originally when I had, back before I had this PC, I had just like a dock and a hookup for my MacBook so that I could work from home. Like that was originally what started me building a command station, as I call it. It's like the place at home where I do work when I work from home or... Because back then it was just work. So then I didn't really use the desk all that much because I would just, only when I work from home would I use it. Um, so I started with two 32-inch Samsung 1440p monitors that are really good. I think they're VA panels. So they have really good color, decent, no backlight issues. They look, they're pretty damn good monitors. Um, and then I realized that they required like a special arm, like a heavyweight arm because they're really heavy. They're gigantic, yeah. They're gigantic. So it had like these really heavy monitor arms and I had two of them and it was just, it was just a big pain. It wasn't like, it didn't feel nimble enough. So they also weren't 4k. So then when I went for the PC, um, I was using them when I first got it. And then I decided to get a 4k monitor because I wanted to see with all that computing power, could I play games at 4k? The answer was yes. So then I got a 4k, um, LG IPS, um, really like a five millisecond, four millisecond monitor with FreeSync, but only 60, F, 60 hertz. So it had FreeSync, but at the time you couldn't use FreeSync with NVIDIA. So it was basically a waste. And it also has uh, HDR, but it's garbage. It doesn't actually have the right color or it has, the right, has enough brightness. I briefly last yeah. time. It doesn't get bright enough to take advantage of the HDR. It has enough brightness, but the color's wrong. Because you told me that it was a, it, it's, it's an 8-bit panel with like a 10-bit expansion. So it, it enhances. So it's not true. 10 it's bit. not true or twelve bit, which is what HDR is actually supposed to be. Well, twelve bit is just what. Yeah, but that's what that's what true HDR spec like Dolby Vision is is twelve bit, and a thousand nits. So good luck, monitors. A thousand nits is bananas. A thousand nits and and twelve bit is what a Dolby Vision is. So, anyways, uh, you know, we'll never get there for a while with little monitors, at least. Um, and there's other versions of, of Dolby Vision where they're like, okay, well, if you can't do the pinnacle, that's movie theater quality. If you can't do that, it's 600 nits with uh, 10-bit color. And then I think there's even a lower one that's 400 nits for TVs. At like 8-bit. With 10-bit color. Because I don't oh. think you can do, you can't get the gradients of black without the 10-bit 
That's what um, makes it so that the gray, that the blacks can be actually visible. So the lowest quality HDR, I think, and don't quote me on any of this because I don't really care or do the research, but when I was reading about it, that's what I remember is that there, you have to have the 10 bit in order to get the gradation in the blacks. Um, and the higher the nit value is, the darker, the, and the contrast ratio, the, the, the bigger the difference between light and dark sections of the screen can be. So either way, um, I compromised on the monitor because I just wanted a 4K monitor, but I didn't want to spend a ton of money. Um, so I got the LG one that's at Best Buy. That's like 4K um, screen, IPS, HDR. The HDR is worthless, but it's nice. It looks really good. Um, the color is a little bit off on it. It's a little bit too overzealous on colors. I think that's the IPS. I just don't think I'm used to IPSs. And then at that point, I had one of the 32-inch uh, 1440Ps on the left that I would just run like, you know, Discord and stuff with while I was playing. And then on the right, I would have the 4K. Yeah, and that drove me nuts that okay, you had well, two you know. different size monitors. It, oh. All right, let me finish and then you can tell me when we can have this discussion about why it's annoying. It's, it's pertinent for me to say that, but go on. Yeah, so then I was like, you know what? I want, I want to get a, I want to get a, a, a 144 hertz monitor. We talked about that. Not going to go into it. So I got the Dell, which by all accounts is a garbage monitor. In terms of, it's it's really not. But like in terms of, it's a TN, and it has really bad backlighting, and it has really bad color. The speed though. But it has the speed, which makes it an amazing monitor. But you have to like, I I read some articles on it. You have to go into the the NVIDIA. G-Force control panel, whatever it is, and up the gamma on that yep. particular monitor for it to actually have the right colors. Yep. Because the monitor itself can't, it can display the color, but I think the TN processor just doesn't display colors as bright. Yeah, and also don't move your head while you're looking at it. It's always in front of me. I mean, who cares? I mean, even like... No, it's it's. I've never noticed that. It's fine. So anyways, uh, the 144, and then... Um, so the, the other thing was this week, they're clearancing from Best Buy the monitor that I have as the other 4K. And I was like, you know, if I ever want to have to make Albert happy and have at least two monitors that match, because the, the third monitor, we were, I was trying to explain this to text to him yesterday, but like the third monitor is a very specific purpose. It's a gaming monitor. It has nothing to do with the work that I would do on the other monitors, except for the placement of it. But... Um, because we'll, we'll talk about that. But like, if I was coding on it, if I'm coding on three monitors, actually, I want to skip this because we're going to talk about use cases and I don't want to talk about that yet. So anyways, I picked up a, uh, I was trying to pick up a refurbished, or not a refurbished, a open boxed version of the same monitor that was a lot cheaper. And then I went through two Best Buy orders and they canceled both because their system says that they're in stock, but they're not. Well, the the open box stuff tends to be like it sitting on a desk somewhere in the back yeah. of the store. It's not actually in the system a lot of times, so it can get a little janky. When what you're happens when you like What happens when you check out at Best Buy? The point of sale system acknowledges that that product was sold. I work what, some, in I work in somebody data somebody systems, tried to return man. it. Somebody tried to unreturn it. Somebody bought one then. Returned it so they don't. So somebody bought a new one. Every and single then, one of those things goes through the. I'm not even talking about it. It goes through the point of sale system. So it should know, and it should funnel that information, even if it's a, you know, like a couple hours late. It should funnel it back to their system, pump it back out to the website. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're doing nightly stuff. That's the thing. How often should that database reindex? 
You know, it shouldn't be a database. It should be called something called Kafka, and it should be immediate. Oh, man. Best right. Buy. Best Buy. Call Greg right now. <laughs> the in-stock system? He's got three monitors that he can use to build you a brand new POS system. Yeah. The, the system that determines whether or not things in stock are in stock should not be a database. It should be a Kafka queue that says each store gets a, gets a division of the queue or each product gets a section. I don't know. It, you sh- just do it. It should be a queue. It should, Inventory no, management is actually surprisingly complicated. It is. I'm not going to, no, I'm not saying it's not, but they're Best Buy and you should invest in this. They need a live inventory system. But anyways, went through two charges to my credit card, two orders canceled, charge back. Great. And then I just decided to buy the one that's on clearance. That's about 50 bucks more. And I got to wait till Thursday to pick it up. And I talked to a very, very nice person on Best Buy support. He was very nice. Man, five stars. Two orders and a chat with support. That's yeah, but that's the guy was the guy was the guy was nice and he tried he's like, Well, let me explain this to you, how the stocking system works. I'm like, oh, come on, I know how it works. Kafka, bro. I almost responded and said, Have you ever heard of you ever heard of Kafka? Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, and I don't know, he was very nice. Uh, it was a fine conversation. And anyways, so I have another one coming. I ordered I already ordered another like cheap arm. Amazon has like twenty seven inch monitor arms, like nobody's business. They're like twenty five dollars and they yeah, were fine. They I'm pretty sure those are actually exactly the same as the expensive ones. The the you're talking about the the biotech and like the you know, the, the gas the gas ones, yeah. Impinge, not impinge, but the gas filled ones that can handle a big monitor and stuff. Yeah, those are. I'm pretty sure those all come from the same factory. Yeah, I mean, and the ones that I got don't handle a big monitor because the 27 inches weigh like nothing. They're like they're like a they're like a pound. Yeah, you have mo- you have arms that can support 32 inch monitors, so 27s are. No, the the easy. 32 required a a serious arm. That and you have to like drill powerful. a hole in your desk and stuff. No, no, it was it was it's still clamped to the desk, but just the the springiness in it and the gas stuff. It was a it was like a good one. It had oh, to yeah, be yeah. a good one. Yeah, they're they're heavy duty. I think uh, that monitor's... Silverstone makes one that can support like a ninety pound monitor or something like that. That's yeah, I mean they have them for TVs, but the the one that I had would would support like a 50, 50 pound screen, but those were like twenty pounds. But the the twenty seven inches are like a pound or two, so they're fine. They're very thin, right? They're super thin. They're fine. They're great. So what I've always had a dream of since I got the 232s, I really loved it. But And it worked really well for coding and the clarity and text clarity on those Samsungs was great. But it was, it was no matter how big the screens were, it was only 1440p. So you only had so much vertical space, right? That's true. So what I really have wanted since I made that decision to get those monitors like three years ago was I wanted to switch to 327s. So much screens, dude. It's 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 the right choice. Such screen, much wow. Well, I already have a desk that was wide enough. The two the two thirty twos were probably. I had to get a bigger desk to do the two thirty twos. That's true. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure the three twenty sevens is only slightly larger than two twenty two horizontally. Yes, that's true. In yes. Ho- total horizontal space, but yet if I'm really command center stationing it, and we're getting to the second use case of my computer, and I'm actually working on it, like I have like. Oh, so it's just amazing. It's so much screen space. It's like lot. I'm in. It's like I'm in the Matrix. This is amazing. Can you? You can't. Can you actually see all three in your field of vision all at once? No, you kind of got to look. But the thing is, what the way that if they're far if they're far back enough, you probably could. But I guess you could. But then the text to gets too small. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, the one thing I don't like about the LG monitors is that um, both Windows and and I haven't messed with this or really cared, but both Windows and um. Linux treat them like 2x, so they're the same. Uh, yeah, it tries to match. They're well, yeah, they're like 1080 
height, I think. Or no, they're like, I think they're like, what are, what is 4K? It's like 1440p height. No, 4K is 30, four times 1080. 20, it's four right? times 1080. So it's 2160 high. Yeah. So it does that. So you get more vertical space than a 1440. Yes. But then I it like scales it a little bit. So they, they actually have, when I go into Linux, the, the left and right monitor have the same amount of desktop space. Yes. Yeah, so this is, this is, this brings us back to the thing I was talking about before with the mismatched sized monitors, physical size and also resolution size, having the mismatch becomes a problem for displays because you have one of two approaches that any operating system, and, and to be fair, no operating system has uh, figured Mac out how to do you, this. Mac allows you to have different sizes on different Yeah, monitors. but if you try to scale the text at two different rates, it's not going to let you do that. Mac, I believe. No, it doesn't. I don't know about the text, but I've never noticed this, but... The Mac will easily display one monitor at 4K on one X, like on full 4K size. Yes. And then the other one on 1440 yes. and it looks fine. That's the base use case. All operating systems do that. The ones that are more advanced, which is the harder use cases to try to get them to look the same. Yeah, I don't need That's them actually to look the same. harder. So this is getting at use cases. I don't need them to look the same. That's why I wanted two 4Ks because they will look the same. But they're going to look different from your 1440p. I don't, I don't care. The 1440p will be... The, this is the problem. This is the use case problem. When I'm coding, I usually have one monitor that is just running a terminal. Which monitor sounds like the perfect use case for that? The biggest 4K that you can find. One no, turn is a portrait. I, <laughs> no. Maybe, but no. The one that makes the most... What, what do you care the least about... This is debatable. What do you care, uh, between these choices, what do you care the least about screen space and quality for? The terminal? Yes. That's your answer, right? That's, I mean, yeah. So that's course. where the 1440 would be the terminal, and who cares? Okay. Right? The other thing, so the only time that I ever, so I have four monitors at work. What? Yeah, because I have the one in the laptop. Well, we haven't talked about work yet, but okay. I have, well, I don't want to talk as much about it, but like, I have four monitors. Two of them are actually two 1080p monitors that I own. I own a lot of monitors. As I go through phases and I always buy them in pairs. So I have like three iterations of pairs as I've gone through different life, life choices as, they've, as technologies have gotten better. So I had two 1080p monitors. I have the monitor that's in the laptop and then I have one that the company gave me that's a, like a, a horizontal, like you know the Dell one. I have it in vertical mode. And that's where I put in Slack portrait, in the right? email. I have it in portrait. Yeah, that makes sense. So I have four monitors there, but... That one would drive you crazy because the two monitors in the middle are actually exactly the same. The one that's in portrait is not even the same size or the same quality because the four, the 1080p's are actually very high quality because they're like um, they also match. They match, but they're the brand. When I got them, they were very good 1080p monitors, and they they actually have very good color, very good clarity for a 1080p monitor. I think we figured out that those were Samsung panels. I think that's probably true. But in a very like less well-known branded yeah enclosure. i don't remember what brand it is and then the one in the laptop is really high quality because it's the mac one but it's like a weird shape so it's, a, it's also a weird resolution don't forget it that. is but that one is running the terminal at work because it's the farthest one away from me and then i have one that runs chrome which i don't think i would want to look at chrome on the 1440 to your point and then i have one that runs the code editor which i don't really have a problem looking at on the 1440, but... You want 4K because you want the height. I want the I want the height and I want the clarity for the text. But this is the problem, is that I can't put the 1440 to the far right because then I'm going to be turning to play games, whereas the one right in front of me will be a 4K and the one directly to the left of me will be a 4K. 
So it would be, sorry, I just moved away from the mic. It would be really weird because I'd have 4K, 4K, 10, 1440. But in reality, what I probably should do is put the 1440, if I was to think, what do I actually use my computer for the most? It's obviously playing games, at home at least. So I would put the center one as the 1440 with the super high refresh rate. And then I would put the ones on the side as the 4Ks. But that would just make your brain go crazy. But that's that's actually what makes the most sense. We'll see. I get them. I get the other monitor on Thursday, and I'll see what I do. You're gonna have to do some playing around. This is there's really nothing I can do. It's either it's either I turn my head and the and the fourteen forty is on the far right, which is where it should be because then it's the monitor that's the most far away from me that I don't care about. And then the two that I'm already used to looking at are two four Ks. They'll look great. I'll do the color calibration, and they'll be fine. This this is I laugh because. This is a, a problem entirely of your own making. No, it's not. Because here's the here's the thing. If I actually wanted monitors that do exactly what I want them to do, they would be 4K, 144 hertz, IPS. HDR. HDR. 10-bit 10, at least, probably 12. 10-bit monitors. How much would that cost? That's a $5,000 monitor. And how many of them would I need? Three. $15,000 of monitors. So I think I'll deal with my first world problem and just have one monitor that's the wrong size. Because oh, the man. gaming monitor works perfectly. It's exactly too many as monitors. It's too many monitors. No, I want three. I already set up a monitor on my desk yesterday to look at what it because I have another. <laughs> I have another really really old 1080p monitor. I just keep around in case I want to like. I used to plug it in the living room to play PlayStation while my girlfriend would watch like TV shows I didn't care about. I would like play something on the PlayStation. Monitors are incredibly durable. They last a very. They long last time. a long time. So it makes sense to. Maybe overbuy a little bit when you buy them, but yeah. not too much. So don't yeah. go crazy with it. But the thing is, even if I had spent more money on the twenty sevens, all I would have gotten—I mean, I technically could have gotten for fifteen hundred dollars, which is insane. Even funny enough, that's at the time I spent twelve hundred dollars on the two thirty-two inch monitors. Like when I bought those monitors originally, the Samsungs—they were five fifty each, and I bought them as like my end-all. This is my desk. Because at the time, the MacBooks didn't support 4K. No, so you just go hertz. 1440p with so really, really big screens. And really big screens. I mean, I made the logical choice. Really big screens, very high quality, really good color. They're VAs, I believe. Um, and they were, they were amazing. But as time went on, I was like, well, I kind of want 4K, which is kind of debatable because when you plug a Mac into a 4K screen, it doesn't always scale right. Like you have to find those certain ones where the Mac will realize that it can actually run like, you know, they'll they'll emulate the 1440p height, but on a but on a bigger screen. Like they do the things with the pixels where they they like will show scaled versions of things. And they give you the three options where it's like the biggest desktop space, the middle, and then the actual res. Yes. The problem is when I plug my Mac, my 4K, my Mac into my 4K, they run at the optimal size and you can't scale them. That's not good. But I don't care because I'm, you know. It's it's wild to me because there literally is not a single Apple product that runs out of exactly 4K resolution. Yeah, and that's why their their stuff is so crazy. But that kind of leads to, you know, if if I was really to, like, say, work from home, and have, so getting into use cases. We're done, I'm done talking about technology because I know it's boring. So, well, it's not boring, but it, it's just too much. Um, if you really get into the use cases of what I use my computer for. Not 90% of my life, but 90% of the time that I'm on the computer, it's in Windows, running games. I, You know, he's choking himself and gagging as a joke, but I understand 
that, and we've already had a pod about this. Let's not talk about it for a time. We've already talked about this. I believe that I treat my computer like it's like almost like it's an Xbox. The Windows drive has nothing on it that is not related to gaming except for Chrome. IntelliJ? No. You don't even have IntelliJ? No, I don't. It's on the Linux drive. Oh, that's interesting. Nope. No, 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 no. There is not a single thing installed on it that isn't related to either gaming or like peripherals. Like I have, uh, you know, the hub software for my mouse. The Steel Series Audio Engine. Steel Series Audio Engine. Because we had the same headset. Yeah, I don't use that anymore. I have a. Yeah, I have the. Uh, we talked about that. I have the. For the uh, other stuff. I still have that headset. Yeah. So I have a whole different audio situation going on at home, but, um, which I love. That was the right upgrade. It was expensive, but it was the right upgrade. It's it's so much better now that I learned how to use the mic, the Yeti, and I learned how it like faces down. You're talking to the side of it. Once I figured all that out, it's a dream. Who who told you how to do that, Greg? The internet and who, Albert. Who told you? Who sent you a nice, friendly graphic with a, a literal Yeti showing you how to talk into the microphone? I don't remember if I watched that. I watched the one where there was a there was a girl who was talking about. I don't know. Whatever. No, I sent you. You I told sent me you to, and then I researched picture. it. I sent you a picture. I texted you a picture from that was made by the company Blue that makes your microphone. Okay, great. So audio guy, whatever. So I have that going on for audio. But what I'm getting at is like, what is the use case that I have my computer for? Yes. Go down the list. It is for sure gaming. And I treat my Windows drive like it's Xbox. There's nothing installed on it that isn't related to gaming, except for maybe Spotify for sure. And That's related title. to gaming. Yeah. You know, got to listen to the power gaming playlist while you're playing. And there's things like, you know, cam software for the, because I have the, the NZXT lighting, I have an NZXT case, so you have, I have all that. You have uh, OBS? I do, but I don't, I don't stream. I have OBS installed on it. Why not? I don't know. I mean, I, I did stream. Money? I did stream from my PC, and then it. I, I would, you know, if I was actually going to stream, I would do the capture PC. You'd have to have a card, yeah. Either the card, or a separate PC, or a separate it? PC. Interesting. That's the way that people do it because otherwise you have latency. Yes, that's true. So the the way that people stream typically is they'll have they'll have one of the. I think they run. The, the the DVI not the DVI the uh, the display port out of the video card into the capture card or into another computer's display port in yes and then from there they run to the gaming monitor and then there's zero latency because it has to pass through the have the capture card and then there's an immediate pass through to the monitor oh yeah yeah you're right so because you can't send the screen to two outs the same screen to two I guess you can I don't know how they do it I'm not a streamer but if I was going to do that, that's what I would do. But I did set up OBS. It is set up with Twitch. I'm pretty sure all I have to do is just turn it on because I did all the trouble one night of setting it up. Um, yes, I was there. Yeah, but I just don't I just do not do it. So I have that and then I just play games. The other use case for my computer is when I'm actually working and then I reboot it completely, hold F11 on my motherboard because Grub doesn't, it does realize that I have a Windows boot drive and lets me boot into it. But so does the so does the motherboard. So I just hit like F F eleven. Windows is my default drive. I could always switch it, but Windows is my default drive. And then I hit F eleven, choose the Grub bootloader, and then I choose Budgie. And then I get into Budgie, and everything works great. And it's just work. And it's just work. And I really do like Budgie. And you um, have IntelliJ installed in your Budgie. I have IntelliJ. I have VS Code. I have Slack. I have um, Chrome and Chromium. Chrome and Chromium, which I don't know how to solve that problem. And I have Git Kraken. I haven't quite gotten my my other software fully working on Linux. Like I don't have 
a REST client because I use PAW on the Mac. There's a lot of programs that I use on Mac that I do, that don't exist on Linux, but there are alternatives. They're just not as good as the ones that I use. I don't have a SQL program. I don't have a Mongo program. So there's a bunch of things that I, that I would do that I don't have, which is why I actually like developing on a Mac. Not mainly because of the computer itself, but because I'm familiar with the OS, I'm familiar with the key schemes, and I'm familiar with the programs that I can install. But anyways, that's the other use case for my computer. And I've been talking a lot, so what do you got? We can we can talk about the software part. I think that's a, actually a whole nother episode we should do because I am very happy to hear about your journey down the Linux rabbit hole. And yeah. I don't have a good answer for SQL. I don't think there's a great one as good as SQL Pro on, is on Mac. So that's that's one you got me there. But there are alternatives for the other stuff. I think Postman actually exists. It does. I tried, Linux. but it's like a weird installation. There's it's a couple, not a Debian a, file. It's like a weird... It's a snap. I think there's a snap. Snap is actually better. I tried installing it. It would install. Yeah, we can, uh, Again, I, we need to just spend an afternoon where I just noob you. Well, I mean, like, I've been doing fine. I have stuff. been able to, like, I was, uh, when I, one of the, one of the reasons why I got such a powerful, uh, such an amount of RAM is because I knew that the Titan cards, well, not t- specifically the Titan, but the GTX 10 series have the, the tur- not the Turing's, but the um, Tensor cores. Yes, for TensorFlow. And, and I wanted to learn how to use TensorFlow. So one of the things that I have done on my PC I didn't do the GPU accelerated TensorFlow because I try I tried doing that. Remember I told you when the graphics card broke, the graphics card uh, drivers broke, and I had to like boot into kernel panic mode and like oh, yes, reinstall yes, the yes, uninstall and reinstall the drivers. So then yes. I stopped. But I was able to run TensorFlow CPU driven, CPU bound TensorFlow, and I went through like a course on, you know, learning TensorFlow and setting up some, um, you know, some things, and it was pretty cool. So I was able to use it for like actual SciTech which is one of the reasons, the only reason why you would need that much of a computer for programming. Otherwise, you're just making web stuff and you can do that on literally anything. You can do that on literally anything. So it's it's pretty cool, but I have I have been able to get some good work done on it and I've gotten a little better at the key bindings. Not great, but it's becoming more natural to me. And, uh, you know, I can, I mean, as long as I have IntelliJ and I have VS Code and I have Chrome, I can do, I can do stuff on it. That's cool. It's very good to hear. I don't even think I have Docker installed on it, but anyways. Well, you might want to, change your password on Docker Hub first and then and then do that. But <sighs> yeah. It was only a matter of time for them. Only amount of time for everybody. It's Internet only, security. We have a whole topic on this that we'll yeah, talk about later. Internet security is broken. We're definitely gonna do that. So Greg's main use case is is gaming. We've heard about that a lot. Yes, it's very fun. My I would say I don't have like a super heavy bias into one thing as much as you do with Except gaming. for Linux. Well Linux. I mean yeah Linux but you have a very heavy bias on Linux. Well, in terms of what I'm actually using it Your for. Your Linux cologne is coming on strong. Oh, man. It smells great. So strong. Bits of real panther. It smells like, no, it smells like burning. It smells like burning cologne. It smells like uh, like, like uh, wood fires and the bread line. I think, I think if, if Linux were a cologne, just by nature, it would be like if they took every single cologne and every single perfume that ever existed and they put them in the same bottle, shook it up, sprayed it. That's what it would be. Because there's so many intricate little parts that were built by other people. All their musk is everywhere. Bits, bits of musk. A real panther. That's what's that's what's in the Linux clone. Mac OS panther. Mac. <laughs> I mean, you can't do that. O- OS X panther. Yeah. You snow can't. snow panther. Snow leopard. You don't even know. I don't even know. Even Wasn't know. there one that was panther? Yes, there was panther. What was that? Well, that was like wait. That was like six point zero or something. That was like, right? no. It was like ten point something. Ten point one. Why is snow panther not a thing? Uh, because there's no actual snow <laughs> panther in the world. <laughs> Maybe there's snow leopards. 
Snow Panther. There's Lion. Snow Snow Lion? <laughs> no, and then they switched to mountains because they ran out of cats. Oh, that's true. Anyways. Snow Snow Panther, hashtag title. Um, yeah, so I'm on Linux. Uh, I would say probably 80% of the time I'm on Linux. My use cases in order of most to least use. Audio production, both podcasting and music. Two would be development work. Mm-hmm. Mostly web development, little bit of little bit of Tensor TensorFlow, little bit of Python. Been jumping in that a little bit more. Um, as of like literally in the last probably two weeks or so, I've been dipping the toe into Python. Um, found that I still had Python two installed. You can have both. You, you can have PyEnv. both, but you got to move. You got to no, you got to move over to three. Use PyEnv. I mean, yeah, Python. three is is good. Two is being deprecated in what six months? Yeah, but it's it's in you. It's yeah, they say that. Probably. I mean, at this point, you should be, but you could just use PyEnv. It's this, uh, it's that's this library that's kind of like no NVM, but it actually allows you to install either one of them and then have specific virtual environments hook up to a specific version of Python. So it's not like just the virtual environment has specific like packages installed to it. It literally, you can bind the virtual environment to a... Like a directory, right? Well, it's like they, they tied PyEnv to virtual environment. That's what PyEnv does, where it creates a virtual environment that's linked to that version of Python. It's like a workspace almost. It's a workspace where you can say like, hey, this program runs in 2.7, even if it's deprecated. And I, you know, and I needed to make it work in three. So then you take the same thing, run it in three, and then you can kind of screw with the same code until it works in three, and then you can deprecate two. It's a, it's a good program. It, it allows you to ma- maintain it across two different versions because I was using NeoVim, and NeoVim needed... 2.7 and 3. So I installed both, tied NeoVim to that, and then installed like the most recent Bleeding Edge 3 as like the system default. So anyways. I will check that out. But yes, that's that's one of the cool. that, that's one of the use cases I use my machine for. Um, I am running two monitors because I feel like that's the optimal amount of monitors for me. I have run three before. I was running three at the office they where were you three twenty fours, right? They're three twenty fours, but they were like this close from my face. Yeah, mine aren't mine because of the arms. I can move mine. Which yeah, makes but they're really I nice. mean they're at our office. The the yeah, yeah. The, the, the the standard company with issued the huge ones. bezels with the massive bezels. It was too much. I couldn't. Um, I mm. I couldn't even the twenty fours three across is not is in my per, the edges are in my peripheral vision. I, I can't really see what I was doing over there. Um, and I didn't really have that natural separation like you had, where it's like terminal code browser. Yeah, I have a I very... Actually, I was actually... Mm-hmm. For some reason, I was always a code on the right, browser on the left person. Mm-hmm. And sometime in the last like year or so, I switched sides. I'm code on the... If I, I'm code on the... It depends. I don't actually have a preference because at work, it's code on the right, Chrome on the left. But at home, it's code on the left, Chrome on the right. I don't even have a preference. As long as it's, I think about things as long as it's on a logical monitor. Like one monitor is running one thing. Yes. But the problem with my home life is that I do not like to hide the terminal. Like I don't like it to be behind something. Ah, uh, see, I don't care. So as then much. I, because I have the 4K monitors and I have a lot of desk space, I split three quarters IntelliJ, one quarter Tilix. But uh, I really yes. want to. I really want to be able to say that Tilix. Like I think what I might do in my new strategies, I'm really going to think that the middle monitor that's running the 1440, 144, 
it's gonna, I think it's gonna have to be that. I'll try it, but I think it's gonna have to be that. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make it so that the middle one is terminal. There's a reason. The middle one will be the terminal on the 1440, and the two on the outside will be code and Chrome. But the reason why the, it makes sense for the middle one to be the terminal is that I can start to learn to drive more of my life from the terminal, which I already do. Vim style? Yeah, like maybe, I mean, I'll just be more fluent with the terminal, which I kind of already am, which is why I always have a window open. But it would, it would be like the command center of the, the center of the command center is a terminal. True, yes. And so then you, the things on the outside are different. Yes, yes. Which kind of actually makes sense. Let that Linux seep into your veins. Dude, I've been doing a lot of shell work for my life. Let that let it. The other thing I could do is I, you. Uh, you know, if I was using a Mac, I could use the iPad as an external display, but that doesn't work with Linux. No, it doesn't. Only works with Macs. No, but I I've, could do that too. Yes, I've heard some podcast ads recently about some very good software that does some black magic stuff where you can actually, you're essentially running whatever's on your Mac OS computer device just from your iPad wirelessly. How? I don't know, but that sounds amazing. That yeah, sounds there's incredible. that. There's the one that they always advertise and it, it works. I, I prefer the wired one. You know what my dream has always been What's now that, that we're on this topic? I have always wanted to have the my desk have like a hole in it and there would be a screen that's just the size of... Like a phone? Not a phone, but like maybe the width of the keyboard, but not touchscreen because you don't want to lean your hands on it. And then something above that to where your hands can kind of rest on it, but you can move your hands out of the way and there's a terminal. I don't know if that would work. Like a wrist rest with a screen in it? No, like it would be in the, like you would cut out the desk or have a have a clear desk. You have a screen in there, but then a wrist rest on top of it that's clear? Yeah, or or there would be like a, a terminal that's to the left of the keyboard I don't know. I've just had always a wanted to look terminal. That's too much. I've what if you wanted- had a minority report? What if you had Tom Cruise just standing, a little miniature hologram tam- Tom Cruise standing on your desk, holding up Love Actually style, holding up a screen. holding up your terminal? You're actually no, that was no, that was that was high fidelity. Oh yeah, well, it's above his head. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. Tom Cruise, Minority Report, the gloves with the screens, holding up his terminal. Yeah, but I've just I've always wanted to figure out a way to make it so that the terminal is not one of the screens that's that you're above. Using? Yeah. What if you just had one of your old TVs and hung it up above your three monitors? I could do. I mean, now we're in the four monitor territory. I think my girlfriend would murder me <laughs> that's what we're, it, if we had that's, a fourth monitor like above the middle monitor. Yes. She like facing down at me like a yes. stock market world. She would she would just no like, that one that much. one is called uh, arrivals and departures. Mm-hmm. With the one that's like up. Above. Oh, you mean like one's like really up above? Well, it's like it's facing down on you, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's the same angle as like if you go to LAX, if you go to the international terminal, they just have a board that just has all the flights, right? Yeah, that would be really cool. But I don't think I can. I think right now she kind of lets me do whatever I want to do with the desk area because like the office is like the one area that I control <laughs> and the rest of the house, I'm like, do whatever you want. Um, but I think that that would be too far. There are limits. Yes, this is there true. There are limits. This is true. This is actually part of the discussion of the office setup is that yeah. um, if you have other people that you live with mm-hmm. who are also in your same living space, their considerations also come into play as well. So we have crazy ideas that we would want to pull off like 327 inch 4K, $15,000 miners with arrivals and departures 
directly above them. I mean, if I if I had if I really worked from home and I was like a high end freelancer, I think it might be too many monitors, but I would probably have the six, the three, three, three apart, three apart. Otherwise, it looks weird. I've done. I've actually uh, sat in front of a machine that had six, and it was. It's a lot. I don't think I would need that. It was absurd. I don't it was think too, I much. It's too it was much. It becomes weird because the ones that are high up, um, they have to both simultaneously angle down towards you so you can see them, but also, also be curved, be curved around. So yeah. you end the up corners. having gaps. Yeah, the gaps. It's kind of, it, it loses, I don't know. It loses maybe just one, maybe you're right. Maybe just, if I had the ability to have, like if looks would didn't matter, like we had a house and we had a place where computers go and that's where they go. Um, I could probably get away with the arrivals, single one above, or maybe a portrait arrivals. I don't know. I can, I can make it work somehow. But part of the problem right now is that she doesn't have in our office, she doesn't have a desk because we have a sofa in there, which is nice because then she can sit on her laptop and watch, you know, TV or whatever while I'm gaming or. But she's comfortable working off a sofa though, right? Yeah. Cause I mean, she says, she said, well, she wants a desk. She does, oh, okay. she does want a desk. So if we got a house or we moved into another place that was bigger and we had an actual dedicated office room. Um, You'd want his and hers. Definitely. She wants her own desk. Yeah. So, but, and her desktop would be, she's much more, um, she, she likes, she how likes. Many, how arms. many monitors does she have? <laughs> no, she, see, that's the thing. She, she likes, uh, she, she, she likes desk stuff. Cause you know, she works a lot. So she'd probably have one really nice monitor on an arm. So to plug her laptop into essentially, right? Well, I mean, at work she has a desktop and a laptop. So she has a, I think she, no, you know what? They might've gotten her down to only a laptop, but. But she's got the big monitor or something. She's there. got one of the Apple ones on like a weird, they have like a weird arm where they didn't remove the leg. It just kind of sits there and she uses it as a place to put papers. <laughs> I mean, she, that sounds cool. she's very, very, uh, all functionality. <laughs> but, but it sounds like she may have listened to our ergonomics episode and that's why she has a separate, she wants a separate yeah, monitor. Yeah, she, she has a sit stand, she has a sit stand desk and she has the monitor on her arm. She's very into ergonomics and she has a tall chair so that she can stand work. She's, mm. she's been sitting, she's been working on a computer for quite a while. So she's, and her company is much more um, willing to accommodate ergos and say the companies that I work at and they used to work at. So they actually give her what she wants. So she's like, oh, I want, I want to sit stand. I said like, okay, here you go. Here's one with an arm. Here's the buttons. This is how it works. Okay. That is the correct way to do it, folks. It's the correct way to do things. Because so, guess what? That's cheaper than. Yeah, it's cheaper than medical bills. Yes, it is. So she's got a nice desk. Uh, but I think if, we'll see if we ever get, uh, like if we get the ability to have a dual desk, like we get a different room with more office space or maybe she has her own office, I'll help her pick something out. But I think that she would be, she would probably be really happy with not the short wide monitors, the wide view ones. The ultra wide. Ultra wide, but not the ones that are short. Like the Alienware one, that's the right height. It's like 1440 high wide. We went over this. Ultra wide specifically means that it is not 16 by nine. It is like two by one, I think. Yeah. So it's not an ultra wide, but she would, she would probably do pretty well with a curved bigger. Like a 32. If she could have a 32-inch 4K curved screen. But then her MacBook wouldn't be able to figure it out. She wants one of the 5Ks or the 6K mini, mini LED. She probably will eventually... If we went this route, she would probably get like a Mac Mini for home. 
with their new monitor. But portability is important for her as well, right? So she wants to run off of her laptop. Yeah. But I think that there's a... Yeah, I mean, but the problem is... Well, I don't want to get into their laptops, but their laptops are just not... That's true. Great. It's just, it's interesting to think I'd about because because you and I have very specific use cases for our machines. And for the most part, they're pretty close, but there's like a whole section of like normal people who mm. have normal use cases for their machines and don't have multiple miners and don't have ridiculously glowing lit up desktops yeah. and things like that. So it, it helps me keep perspective about what is overkill and what is not overkill. And also like, Hey, yeah. maybe you shouldn't spend more money on an extra monitor. Well, I, you know, I, it's always been a dream of mine, so I'm going to do it. Talking about me generally or just you? Just in general. Well, me also, because I've also had dreams of very large, very think, high density. The thing that I do monitors. is that I, I know there's better monitors than what I got, but I just don't, I don't reach for like the most expensive one anymore. Like the, the 32 inches were expensive when I bought them, but I bought them around the same time that I had like a nice tax return and I just did it because I was trying to build the command station to begin with, um, I don't think I would spend that much money on a monitor now. So like the ones that I'm talking, like the 4K that I just bought on clearance was 260. So it's yeah. not like we're talking like an insane amount of money. Miners have gotten really good. Like cheap miners have gotten really good and really good miners have gotten really cheap. And really, really good monitors have gotten really, really expensive still. Yes, that's true. That's how, the, that's the high the end is still The high end is still very expensive, but the middle and the low end have gotten way better than middle and low end monitors used to be. Yeah. So it's almost not worth it to buy really expensive monitors unless you have a specific use case, right? If you're, if color accuracy is financially important to like your yeah, business, then, you get a then yes, of course, monitor. then you, yeah. you get something with 12 bit and like you spend 12, 13, $1,500 on a monitor like yeah. that. But if you're just like editing your photos of like your kids at the pool over the weekend, then do you really need a two thousand dollar monitor? Probably not. No. Probably not. The only reason why the only the most expensive monitors that I would ever want would all be related to gaming, and I think that eventually televisions will take that technology. I think in the next five years there will be forty two inch six to eight K HDR FreeSync type monitors. High refresh rates. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And there, that there, would be the gaming monitor. There already are 8K TVs. I sent you that link that was yeah, on the drop. Insane. It but, is. It was. Well, it was. So I think 6K is not going to be a thing. But yeah, 8K would be the answer. But I just don't think it makes sense for a 40-inch monitor. I don't know. What I would do eventually is if someone is eventually going to make a very very nice 32-inch 4K 144 hertz actual HDR. 12-bit panel that's going to be like a grand and a half when it comes out. When that comes down in price... When that comes down to like 800 would, bucks? Seven to 800 bucks, 600 bucks, somewhere around there, that's when you buy that monitor and that's your gaming monitor. That one you buy, like, you buy all of them. You can buy three of those and that's No, but I wouldn't okay. want... I wouldn't want three of those. I would just want... But that's the thing. That's, that's the whole thing about the dual lifestyle of playing games and working on the computer. There's two things that I don't... The two things that are the failure of this system is that I have to restart the computer to get from Linux to Windows or back. And the, the Linux computer is not on all the time. So if I want to go work, like I want, I have to restart the computer, lose everything I was doing, lose all the windows I had open. I mean, Chrome remembers, but like lose all the things that I had open, all the projects. I had to reset up my life every time I turn the computer on. What would be really nice is if I have, if I'm just imagining a much bigger workspace room for me and my girlfriend, we would have, I would have the gaming setup and then I would have the work setup. 
and they would be different. Gaming would just be one screen, right? It'd be one screen. And then your work maybe setup two. would be maybe two. two. Well, you don't need two for No, I like, I like having one for Discord. So Ar- two. Arrivals and departures, man. Come on, dude. No, because... You just put one big TV up on the screen and you just put whatever you want on it. No, but you can't read that if it's up top. Whatever. The point is, I would have one screen for like communication type stuff while I'm playing. One really good screen for gaming that would be the same size. That would be the weird setup, but that would be specifically for gaming. I'm not going to... I don't game on TVs because I like using keyboard and mouse, so I I don't play on like a big TV. Um, I mean, maybe with the PS5 and stuff, I might have a TV set up Eventually. Eventually, because... You know, there's good games that are going to come out only on PS5. And then the workstation system would be the workstation system. And, and theoretically, they might be in different rooms. There could be an office where I work and then a place where I go play games. But then I'm now bifurcating my actual life into two much. rooms. Well, you know, that's what you use extra rooms for. It's too much, man. We live in Los Angeles. We can't afford extra rooms, man. Come on. Well... We were we were looking at a place that was perfect, but you know we don't have enough money for it. But uh, it was, we went to go look at it. It was amazing. It had like a room above the above the house, like in the old attic, and they turned. I showed you the photos, but yes, that room would have been perfect. It, yeah, it would have been perfect for everything that you're talking. Every about. single thing. That's the room I'm talking about because she could have had a desk on one side of the room. It might, you know, the the, the funny like, you know, uh, relationship argument would be that, or marital argument would be like. I don't think that both of us would have fit in that room. So it would have ended up becoming Greg's nook. Oh yeah. After we put our podcast studio in there. Yeah, it's totally. Well, there Greg's. was the two, there was the two rooms on either side of the stairs. No, we're just gonna have a big dining table in the middle of the room. I guess you, I mean, that would be how I'd want to set up that room. But I don't, acoustics would be. I don't know if it was, I don't remember if it was wide enough to have a big desk, but either way I would have, I would have the work situation, the gaming situation, the, the TV with the PS5, and then, the, the podcasting area. And then also there would be, well, not really just but like for gaming for like, if people want to come and play board games, that would be where that would happen on uh, the podcast table. Yeah, sure. And multi-use. And then in one of the little storage nooks would be all padded out and a podcast room for me. I don't think those rooms were that big. Anyway, it was, it was big enough for you to sit in it. And it'd, do be podcasting. A, it'd be a dream for us to have a dedicated studio space. A la Joe Rogan, a la a lot of other podcasts. Cause we've said this before. We're literally sitting in my living room. Yeah, well, do you want to drive to Highland Park? Because that's I'm, where it was. I'm sitting in my couch. Do you want to ride the yellow line? I can't bring all this stuff. You no, I mean, this? in there, it would be set up. It would, I would have a room for it. I would have a copy of this. Yeah, that would actually be perfect. If we had a room where all the stuff was, like, not permanently set up, but, like, it was, it had a place for it. Yeah, it was, like, specifically there. You just click the button, turn it on, the mic's already there. Ready to go. Yeah. That'd I don't know. Great. That would be the This dream. is dreams, but that's, like, the end game of the, of the rooms, of the, of the working rooms. Endgame, oh my god. And that was, Endgame is a fantasy. There's no such thing as Endgame. Except for the isn't, movie. isn't, but, but I've... You see, the thing is, as the listeners might know after listening to this podcast for a little while, I, I like a lot of... I have a lot of hobbies that are related to electronics. I love electronics. I love computers. I love headphones. I love keyboards. I love monitors. I love TVs. I love surround sound. I have lots of uh, <laughs> avenues of technology that I like. But I always try to like find things that are middle, middle grade, slightly low high end so that I don't have to keep buying things. You're looking for value. I look for value. So like, sure, there's, there's a, I could, if I had an unlimited money, I could probably build a dual, you know, 2080 Ti PC Ooh. 
with, you know, a custom water cooling loop Ooh. with a Ryzen with Tell lots em. of RAM. Tell them, Greg. And then like two, I'd probably get like two of those Alienware monitors because oh, they're both why 1440. They be, why they gotta be Alienware? Because they're the only ones that makes the the actual 1440p tall, the the 32 inch wide 1440p with 144 hertz. I think it's 120 wow. hertz. Oh, they're the only one that makes that monitor. Whatever. It would be something, something. I don't know, but I would do that. Um, just had to ruin my fantasy, didn't you? Just had to. I don't to. know. Insert whatever monitor you want. Right now, we're in kind of a we're kind of in an interesting state for monitors because there aren't there even with as much money as you could potentially have, there are not like really nice monitors. There's just monitors with the right technologies. Yes, that's true. So I don't know what you would get, but with as much money as you had, you're still going to have monitor problems. Yes, not, I think monitors are going to be a, a thing that we talk about quite a bit on the show now and in the past and also all the way into the future. So yeah, I think that the micro LED. Micro-LED technology is going to make monitors really good. They're going to be 8K. They're going to actually have HDR. They're going to definitely have the nit difference to be able to run HDR. And they're probably, re- they're going to be 10-bit. 10, 10-bit 10 um, makes a big difference, folks. It's just not... 10 or 12-bit. 10 or 12-bit. It's and just they can not be any size. monetarily feasible for the majority of people who use them. So they don't can, worry about it. They can literally be any size. And that technology is going to make monitors better. Because the problem with monitors is just the sizing of them. They're all, you know, they're 16 by 9, 27 inch or 32 inch monitors. But, you know, when you go 1440 to 32, the pixel density decreases. 27, 1440 is kind of perfect. Yes. 27, 4K is a little bit too much resolution. 32 yeah, inch 4K is pixels. perfect. 32 inch 4K is what you want. But, but th- then the monitors are really inch, big. 32 inch monitor is gigantic. It's gigantic. So and it's like, I would want two and that's so unnecessary. So, but, And then I might want three, which is why I think 27 is better. unnecessary. Even with arrivals and departures, that's so unnecessary, Greg. Well, you know. Successive. To each their own. I don't know. But that's the thing. It's a, it's a, it's, monitors are one of those things where I don't think the technology is like, really there and the selection is really there to have the right kind of setup to suit all of your needs. Unless you had, unless I had three 4K monitors that are all 144 Hertz with HDR and IPS or whatever technology they need to be. I don't think IPS can even do 144 Hertz, whatever. Like if they all were micro LED, 27 inch, 4K, HDR, thousand nit, 12 bit color, but then your weight, then the two monitors that aren't playing games are being wasted. That monitor the will never be less than like twelve hundred dollars, though. It will be eventually. It'll be the tech, but actually. it won't be in, like, t- in it like won't ten be years. Won't, like there'll be eighteen bit panels by then. Yeah, but so who cares? I don't know. But the the thing is, like the the point is, I'm trying to make is that no matter what you do, going back to the two and the one odd man out, no matter what you do, you're not going to have a need for. Uh, you're not. You're never going to utilize three gaming monitors. You only That's need true. one. That's true. That's true. But I, I have a compromise for our, our setup there. If you had the three monitors, all of them are 4K. Yeah. Your one gaming one is the one 4K that's at 144 hertz, and the other two. Yeah, are but just that's whatever. an option. But the, that monitor right now also. Because then at least be- they're all the same size and all the same resolution, and you still have the fast one for whatever. Yeah, but that would be your perfect setup. It would be the perfect setup, which is actually why I wanted to get the other 4K. Because you should probably sell a, a few of your monitors I have been, and try I've to been. track down a 4K 144 hertz monitors. No, I, they're not ready yet. They're too expensive. They're like $1,200 and I don't want to do that. And I don't think that they're, they're not going to, ma- no matter what, they're not going to match. It'll be the right resolution, but it won't match the bezels of the LG. That's true. So LG has to release a monitor that's similar bezels. That's 4K 144 hertz for it to matter. And I, when they do that, it's going to be 1500 bucks. 
and it's not going to have HDR. And HDR, when I turned HDR on on Destiny, the the you know the the LG monitor does not display colors correctly in HDR. But when you look at the the actual contrast, it is amazing. It makes gaming so freaking cool. It's it's always a compromise with monitors. So. Yeah, it is. And until they actually get it right, you know, if you got like a LG eight K or four K OLED real HDR television plugged my computer into it and ran Destiny with, with HDR on, it probably would look good unless the engine is the reason why it looks like shit, but I don't think it is. I think because Division 2's HDR looked bad on my monitor too. It was very yellow. So I don't think that either these games are not implementing HDR correctly, which is possible. That's probably what it is, actually. Possible. Um, or the monitor is incapable of displaying the colors correctly. Destiny actually looked better, but there was just like weird colors that looked really off, like red looks like really, really, really red, like intensely red to where it's like odd. Like, like CSS red? Like, yeah, like all the colors that are like shades like that red on your red sticker would actually be like that red up top. Like it turns colors that normally look like the bottom stickers to look like the top ones that are really bright. Yeah. It hurts I, your I, eyes. I bring up the CSS red because the named red in CSS uh, is extremely red. Yeah, that is the red that it looks that... It's like, like burn your eyeballs out of your head yes. red. When you turn on HDR, that is how the colors pop out of... I don't know if I like that. 4K LG. You have to come look at it one day. I mean, you can come we'll, over and we'll, we'll take a nerd look. out on gaming. We'll but, take a look. We'll fix your Linux drive. How's that? I mean, my Linux drive works fine. The, the problem with that is the Linux... We talked about this. The Linux reformatting tools don't really make any sense because they don't tell you... The drives are just named weird. Uh, well, no, they are. I, I they know. They named weird. I'll look at it. I'll show. I can show you my setup. Also, too. I don't. I don't want to reform it. I saw Elementary. I don't really care. I like Budgie. Budgie works fine. It's great. That's fine too. Budgie works great. I just. I just need it to load IntelliJ and work. The, my Linux drive might need a reformat because Chrome is doing some weird stuff, or or just remove Chrome and reinstall it. It keeps crashing. Chromium keeps crashing, even though I'm. I think I installed Chromium at one point in time, and then realized you could actually install Chrome. And then now Chromium crashes every time the computer boots. And I also need to uninstall Dropbox because for some, I'm really close to canceling my Dropbox account. Yeah, they. this was a big thing in the Linux community where they announced that they were only going to support X4. My drive um, is, I don't know, you got to look, but my drive, I'm pretty sure is X4, but it's encrypted. And I think they're like, that's not I think that all. the encrypted thing is a problem. Yes, that's true. Well, who runs a black hat, red hat, white hat? I don't know whatever the term is. I don't do anything weird on my computer. But who runs Linux and doesn't encrypt their drive? That's the whole point. That's the whole point. You want that security. Yeah. You want that NASA level drive right there. Alphabet Boy is coming after you. I'll get the reference. I think you referenced that last week. But I don't know. I have my drive encrypted. You know, my Mac drive is encrypted and it works really well. And, you know, it has File Vault, which works great. Dropbox, answer us. I'm sure they have their reasoning, but I don't know. I've just been finding that I have less and less of a use of Dropbox. We will find some Linux-based, Linux-compatible alternatives for you listeners if you have any suggestions but it has to know. work on mac though a google drive might work google drive does not have a native linux Jeez. Oh, <laughs> the other one that really annoys me that doesn't have a native linux client is one password please fix that yes please fix that there's uh their website works pretty well it's actually the same thing there are a couple other uh password managers we can use anyway we gotta get moving here all Greg, right you have a pick for us oh man i uh was so amped that i had follow-up uh no. <laughs> you don't have any picks for us. Well, at I mean, all. I did see Endgame. Oh no! But I can't talk about it. Spoilers. Please don't spoil it. I haven't seen it yet. 
Oh man, like, so I was gonna go see it with you. Who? How am I gonna? Oh man. Oh no. This is a problem. It's so good. Oh, it's just God. like I won't ruin anything, but like people die, right? You can say people. I'm not die. saying anything. I'm not saying anything. Anything at all. Because what I thought was gonna happen, my because I, I always have this thing that I joke about that my girlfriend you know gets all mad at me about, but. I can kind of like, I, I understand the tropes of like TV shows and movies pretty well that I can kind of predict what's going to happen, which a lot of people can do, but I think I'm pretty good at it. Like I can, I like, I know when things are going to happen in shows pretty often. And it's not because I'm smart or anything. It's because a lot of people use like the same cookie cutter kind of templates. The thing I will say about Endgame is that what I thought was going to happen didn't happen and it was better. Oh man! Oh, God. it's just like the I writing might, is really good. I might have to go solo on this one. You need to go see it because I, I think that, that I think that they no no spoilers at all. But I think that they are. It's just really starting to show that Marvel and Disney can just make movies, and they're freaking good, well, and they know been, how to make movies. They've been really doing well. It. They've been doing it for ten years. They've been making Marvel movies for 10 years. Yes, they have. They've literally have. been writing the story for 10 years. But okay, well, let's stop right it's there. It's really good. We don't want to run the risk of any sort of... Is, is Endgame your pick? <laughs> that could I, be your pick. I, I will guess put it in so. There because people don't know about Endgame being out. Oh my yeah, God. it made like $2.2 billion. I can't oh think of anything God. else. I mean, I've just... Uh, have you read I any got, books lately? No, because I've been, you know... Have you watched any TV shows lately? I don't watch TV. Have you... Oh, I did. You know what? I did watch one show. What show did you... Oh, tell us. Pick. Tell us. There's the Netflix documentary Street Food. Oh, is it delicious? It's really good. There is a apparently there's a woman in that show who actually is in K Town in Los Angeles, in Koreatown in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I think so, so. It's like you might need to go. Like, yeah, I, I, I think it's a Korean lady. I, I'm only on episode three. I think it's not as good as Chef's Table. If you well, the thing is Chef's Table was slightly more pretentious because it's a lot of like Michelin chefs, but this one is like really good. And it's about, it's obviously about street food. And, and one of the ladies that like kind of almost teared me up a little bit, but like she has been cooking on the, she started her restaurant like on the streets of Korea or where, where is it they were talking about? It's um, Hong Kong, I believe. I don't know. But she started cooking, might have been Korea. I don't know. But she started cooking like in the 70s, 60s. And she had this like stall that she had that was like one of the street vendors that they were trying to get rid of. And then she became like a, a staple of that community. And then eventually she saved up a ton of money to open up her own little shop, but it's not really a shop. It's like underneath the wing of another building, but she's like permanently there and her cook stuff's it's all like set up. It's like a space. It's like a space. And then they talk about it for like a little while and they talk about her and her, her past and all this stuff. And they were like, you know, and then at one point in time, she was invited to go to an event and they didn't really tell her what it was. She goes and they give her a Michelin star. What? Yes. She's a Michelin star street food vendor. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And it's really cool. And what I really would say about, um, I'm a big fan of Netflix's documentary team. It's not like a, like a diehard thing for like Netflix or any weird thing, but like they really do know how to make documentaries. They make unique stuff too. Unique stuff. Which is and really And they have awesome. the ability to make shows that you wouldn't think would sell, but they appeal to a certain sub. It's the whole point of Netflix. They have the ability and the data to show that like a certain percentage of people will watch this kind of documentary and they make it just for those people and they don't frick it up. They like build it. It's like the right show. It's actually true to that medium or that content. And their documentaries are just on point. It's perfect for binging too. It's excellent. Oh yeah. I love, one of my favorites is, is Chef's Table. There's just some episodes in there, like the, 
There's the punk rocker guy from Brazil. If you've ever seen, I haven't it. seen it yet. So, oh don't, man, don't ruin it for me. No, I won't ruin it. But like, he's just like such a cool dude. And then there was, uh, there was the one. There's like one guy in like one of the Nordic countries who like only grows, only cooks food underground. And you go to his restaurant to like experience his food, but it's all been like cooked in this traditional way. And then um, there's another like French guy who was really cool. And then there was one guy who like owns a a restaurant that's like in the middle of nowhere and people actually travel and stay at his bed and breakfast just to eat at this restaurant. And then there was the one that was really cool was this lady who, um, she works at a monastery. She's the chef for a monastery and she's been making soy sauce for a hundred years. And this monastery has been making soy sauce for like 400 years. So they have like 400 year old aged soy sauce. And I don't, I don't think it like goes bad. It just gets better. It probably is like, that sounds nuts to me. I would definitely want to try that at some point. But yeah, that's, so. so that those two shows, I would say it would be my picks. But specifically, street food. And if you watch street food, watch Chef's Table. Or if you've watched Chef's Table, go watch, watch street food. food. And then if you haven't seen Your Dreams of Sushi, watch that because it's amazing. Yeah, that's true. It's a really, but really good. Those show. are solid picks, Craig. Solid, solid good television. Stuff. That's the only kind of television I do watch. That and sci-fi. That's true. When I'm working out. So my pick is another book. Why do you read so much? All Where do you I get do this is time? all I do is watch TV and read books. Apparently, why do you so have this time? I, I don't get it. Uh, have been reading a book by a man named Seth Godin. Seth uh, Rogen. Seth Godin. Put it up on the screen there. Oh God. Seth Seth Rogen is the guy from Superbad. Oh, I don't know. Isn't what I'm he? About. I don't, oh God. I don't I'm, know people. I'm confused. I don't even Seth, know what day Seth it is. Seth Godin with a G. Seth yeah. Godin. He is a prolific author. He's written several books, but he has a. I believe it's his newest book called Lynchpin. And his idea in this book is that the modern day worker has just become kind of ground into this replaceable factory worker, regardless if we, if we work in actual factories or not, and that we need to escape that and that we need to become indispensable in the way that only our individual uniqueness can make. It's kind of a, a weird concept to explain, but there's a reason why he calls a book linchpin and, and he has a whole framework around thinking about ourselves as workers who are linchpins rather than just being cogs in a wheel. Mm-hmm. And so he writes it in a very uh, enthusiastic style. Like he is not writing a research paper about this. He is not writing a clinical study about this. He is writing... It's almost like an inspirational type of style, but it's not like flowery. It's mm-hmm. very much like you were meant for better than this. You were not a cog in the machine. You should so be better. So it's a motivational work. It's a bit. It's a bit motivational, but it's also an interesting concept as well. So I I picked that up. Uh, it was in my holds queue, and they just let me know it was available. So I started reading it, and I was like, whoa! I couldn't put it down. It was great. So <laughs> I've I haven't finished yet. I'm about, I think about halfway through, but it's been fantastic so far. So I'm gonna pick that one. We'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Pretty sure that that is easily available and all your favorite mediums and platforms, but we'll have a link. It will be an affiliate link, folks. If you use it, it does help us out. Just a tiny little bit. One cent at a time. Don't be mad at us for putting the <laughs> affiliate links. I try to disclose them. Sometimes I forget, but I always, almost always disclose when we have affiliate links and they do go to help the show. So we appreciate that. Greg, this has been episode 21. Wow. 21 to 22nd episode of the show you can find us on the web with all the show notes for this episode and all other episodes at publicfunction.show if you want to get in touch with us 
there is something that I've not shared out before. Publicfunction.show backslash contact. It's a contact form. You didn't even realize it was there? I knew it was there. I just, we haven't talked about it on the show before. So if you want to get in touch with us and you don't want to open up your email, you can send it anonymously if you want. Just fill out the form there. It goes directly to our inbox. We will read it on the show, word for word. Oh, wow. Uh, if you Depends do have, what it is. If you do put your name in there, if you have like a, like a guide to how to pronounce your name, if you have a, you know, because we're dumb Americans, we don't know how to pronounce people's names. That would be very, very helpful. Also, uh, if you include a map of where you live, because we're also American, we don't know geography. Well, that's a joke. You know, we have Google, so we can we can look up where you live if you'd like to tell us. You don't have to, but the pronunciation guide is super helpful. No, so. I didn't mean specifically. I just meant like, hey, if you're from Sweden, I might not know where Sweden is because I'm American. Yes, Sweden. It's one of those ones up there. All right, I was just kidding, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> if you want to go that direction, go for yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Greg is on Twitter at Gregorski. I am on Twitter at Al Park. The show is at a public function, publicfunction.show. You can also email us hello at a public function. No, back up. Hello at publicfunction.show. Email us there. Tweet at us. Go visit us on the internet. This show will be at publicfunction.show backslash 021. I've not decided what title I want to pick yet. We've got a couple of good options for this episode, but we'll, we'll let you know. You'll find out. Operation Command Station. Oh, one last note. I have, yes, indeed, updated some of the art. So if, you, if, mm. we look, if it looks a little bit different, if it looks a little bit in your face, you know, I got, I, I got inspired over the weekend and I redid some of the art, but we will... Uh, have some some new art for this episode. Let us know what you think. Tweet at Greg. Why? Wow, I didn't make the art. Definitely t- tweet at Greg. He is responsible I'm not for everything more responsible on the show. For the negative margins. He is Brad Pitt on the show. He's responsible for everything. What? Oh, that you know, Brad Pitt wouldn't make his own art for his own shows. Well, you know, if he does enough parody, he might. I mean, but that might not be the art. That's you know, <laughs> it's art. But that is his final form. He's gone from he's gone from Tyler Durden, yeah, to Robert Redford, mm. to Gary Busey. That's his final form. I don't know if he's going to go, Gary well, Busey. you know, that's the only, that's the only step left. He seems like he has his head on his shoulders, but that's I don't know. That's the only step left for him. He, Brad Pitt seems like he probably has his head on his shoulders, but, you know, you never know. You know. never know. We'll find out. Hollywood's a weird place. Yeah, it is, I guess. Greg. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Yeah, yeah. Are you mesmerized by the waveform? I mean, I shouldn't be facing the screen because then, you know, I won't be distracted. Well, I mean, when Jamie brings things up on the screen, how else? Jamie, can you put it on the screen up there? Yeah, on that big screen right there. Can you put that right right up? Nope. Left left side of the screen. No, the one over on the left. The one on the left with too many screens. No, two over. Does anybody ever figure out why we have too many screens in this building? The brunette one. The brunette screen? No, there was one. I forget who they were talking. No, they were talking about um, uh, female MMA fighters. And they were trying to, they were looking someone up. I just Mission Impossible my coffee. No, you made a ton of noise. I'm going to have to cut that out. No, you're not. It's just a little tap, and then we made a joke about it. Oh, my goodness. Coffee Impossible. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. But, yes, I remember him saying something about uh, they were looking for a picture of a specific fighter, and uh, Jamie was, like, moving his mouse around the screen, and Joe goes, no, the, no, 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 the brunette went over on the left. I was like, that's the most bro thing you've said on no, your if entire he said, show ever. The brunette broad on the left right there. You know, not the blonde broad, brunette broad. That would be the, that would be the most bro that thing. Would, that would be bad. That would be, that would be very, very East Coast. Basically, don't, don't call women broads.
No, yeah, I know this, but there's no, there is no context in which calling a, a woman abroad is appropriate. What does it even mean? I don't even know. Let's, uh, Who knows? Well, I mean, there is a deep, dark rabbit hole. Yeah, we're not going to do go that. down that we try to figure out what slang means. So, no, no, no. Gregory, I'm so glad that you can join us this week. Oh, yeah. I thought we had expended all of our talking energy last week putting out two episodes. I'm pretty sure it's the normal normal amount that we talk. That's it just evenly divided into two true. episodes. True. It wasn't even evenly, but it was the fact that it was just volume wise enough to put out two episodes was unbelievable because we put out our episodes tend to be pretty long. Um, but that's what our content is. That's how it works. I'm actually yeah. gonna I'm looking up our download numbers from our last couple. I bet more people listen to the one about gaming. That might be true, but that's only because it came out first, technically. But they're well, about the know, same. I planned that because I said they're both gaming about the same. first. I knew that would happen. Yeah, both about the same. Well, I could have released it second. Actually, no, because you said something about you it being... You can't game the system. Well, you had said something about it, about it being the 19th episode. So I was like, all right, so I have to put that part into the one that's actually the 19th See, episode. See, I was planning. I was, I, was, I was guiding the strings secretly. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See? So sometimes, I mean, when you do stuff live, live happens. Yeah. That's how it works. So speaking of gaming. Oh, goodness. We talked about this earlier. Tell us, tell us about your gaming thing, Greg. Do you have follow-up for us? I have some follow-up. Let us know. Hit us with it. So remember last week I was talking a ton about getting fabled, getting those weapons. You did talk a lot about a lot of weapons. Yes, that's true. I did. I got them. You got them. I got them. When did you get them? Did you get them like the day after? Was I there got a them on... Let's see... I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. Are they? As I was already kind of. I was already kind of close. Uh Well, not really. So, like, I had gone through all the 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 points of getting the solar kills, getting the headshot kills with the hand cannon, whatever. And then when I was finally done with that, then I started working on getting the rank back up, and I got to like a thousand points on my own, like on Sunday. So by the reset, you get plus one twenty. So it was about eleven hundred, and then. Justin from work, who plays Destiny very occasionally, um, came in and my friend Nate, who I play with, lives in Arizona. We got like a four-person group going and we made it to, I was at 1,100 and I ended at 1,950. You need 2,100. So did your strategy from last, last week, did that work out the way that you expected it to? Which strategy? I don't remember. You were telling us about how the solar kills and then you were also saying something about the weapons. Well, yeah. I mean, if you have to get the solar kills, you have to use weapons that are less effective. So then once I got those done, then I could use weapons that were better, like more. So now that you've achieved these weapons, are they, are they glorious? Have you had a chance to use them? How's it going with them? They're pretty glorious. The submachine gun, the recluse is like really good in PVE. I haven't really used it in PVP, but it's pretty dang good in PVE. Um, and then the Luna's Howl is pretty damn good too. So it, are these new weapons going to give you the ability to beat levels or beat bosses that you were not able to before? No, nah, man, I beat everything. Oh, you're All the bosses it, huh? in the game I've, well, I haven't done a couple, I haven't done a couple of the raids, but it's like, it's more of a group thing. So depending on the group you're with, there's like no reason why you wouldn't beat anything in the game. Oh, interesting. Okay. But uh, there's nothing that you can solo that you can't kill like with really any weapon. Interesting. 
most things that are hard are group activities. And then you just got to be like with people that are, that are either better than you or that are just as good as you, where you got to struggle through it. It's, it's fun. It's fun stuff. So now that you have better weapons, you're playing more PVP, less PVP? Oh, totally less. Oh, okay. That, that phase of your life has gone by. Well, I mean, I still, I played a couple quick play matches just to like use the guns and see, but quick play is like more, there's more people in quick play than there are in competitive right now. So it's like more challenging in quick play than it is in competitive. So I don't know. I just took a break from it because I spent three weeks straight doing PVP. So I was like, oh, and then you decided, hey, you know what? I should go outside today. Yeah. I mean, I didn't play that much this weekend. Did you go outside? I went for a walk. See, see. I mean, I do that anyways. Correlation, folks. It's not usually the gaming that makes me, if I, if I have like a day where I can work from home or I have a day off, there's only so much gaming I can actually do. There's like a limit. It's true. About like four hours or so in a day. That's true. Like I can do like a three hour session in the morning, but then I'm like, I'm going to go for a walk, exercise, do something else, eat some lunch, do some other kind of like work, whatever, research something. And then I come back at like six and play again until like 10. Or something. Yeah. You need to take breaks. But I can definitely play like eight hours a day. Just not all at once. Just not all at once. You have to eat lunch in the middle. Yeah. And then if I don't, if I don't have the day off, then I just play like two hours at night and that's it. But anyways, yeah, I got them. And then the other thing that I learned last night that was really interesting is when I, when you use the GeForce uh, tool, what do they call them? The GeForce Now tools or whatever they're called. The settings? The settings one. GeForce experience. I don't know, whatever it is. And you go in and you optimize your games. It apparently takes into consideration the video card you have and the monitor that you have. But there's no options. It's not like, I want the highest frame rate or I want the best quality. There's no like profiles for you. There's no profiles. It's just like it optimized it. That's what I, that's what they think that game plus that video card can do. So what they did is they set destiny. I didn't even realize this because it was showing at 1440p and I'm like, oh, this is 1440p. Great. What they did is they set it to 4k and I didn't even notice it because GeForce experience slips the settings in and then you don't really see it. Unless you go into actually Unless you like them. go into the settings and look at it. And I went into the settings because I was trying to, for some reason, when I, I thought it was the monitor, I thought it was the 1440p monitor. But when I would alt tab, what the hell it is on Windows, I don't know. Whenever you get out of the game and you get into the desktop, it would like kind of change resolutions to get there. Oh, uh, and you saw like the sizes of back. text change and stuff? No, like it would just go black for a little while. And then sometimes it would say like, oh. your monitor is incompatible with this refresh rate and resolution. And I didn't know what it was doing. I thought it was the monitor. But it turns out it's the fact that the game is rendering at 4K and then downscaling it to 1440. Like the GeForce experience is saying, no, it's a 1440 inch P monitor, whatever. And then it would, it was, but basically what it was doing when I was trying to get really high frame rates with my 144 Hertz monitor it was actually rendering at 4K and getting 90 frames, 90 or 100 frames. That's still pretty nuts. Which is bonkers. So On a not that easy game to render. Well, no, Destiny has a very, very well-tuned engine, but it is very pretty and it does have a lot going on, yes. But it's, yes. it's a pretty well-tuned engine. For a game that has a lot of explosions and movement, that's yeah. actually very impressive. Yeah, so then it would dip sometimes. It would go down to like 70. Oh, man, it's so low. Oh, jeez. Well, then oh, what's God. the point of having 144 hertz oh, monitor man. if you're only 10 frames higher than well, you were it's at 60? The, it's the same thing as RAM, right? Like, what's the point of having 32 gigs of RAM? Well, it's because 16 is not enough, and that's the next level up. It's not because you're using all 32 gigs of RAM. It's because you're using 18 gigs of RAM. Yeah. It's the same exact know. thing. 
Sure, but what the video card will do is if you tell it that, because I noticed this early on, at one point in time, I was running two Titan XPs in SLI and I was playing World of Warcraft and I found, realized- Found time. Found time. And I realized that even if, if you tell, so World of Warcraft doesn't by default have a frame cap. So it'll just run at whatever frame. So I was like, why am I playing World of Warcraft with two of these video cards and they're both running like really fast with high fans? 2,000 frames a it second. It was literally rendering 270 frames a second. You can, you're, the human eyeball can't even see that. At 4K. Human eyeball literally cannot even see that. No, it was at 1440. Either way. Was it 4K? I don't even remember Either way, at that the point. pixel density at it's 28 so high. inches. Yes, it's so your high. Your eyeball literally can't even see it. Of course. But it was like, but the point was, is it was, it was rendering so many frames that it would just the fans would just run and like it wasn't doing anything. So then when I realized it was a frame cap, it got real quiet because then you have two Titan XPs rendering 60 frames and that's like not a big deal not at all. Not even sweating at all. Yeah. So anyways, when I went to Destiny, then I had a 1440p monitor and it was fine and then I got a 4K and it was, looks really beautiful and it runs, you know, like it was frame capped at 60 and it never really dropped below 60. Maybe sometimes it hit 55 like in weird situations, but it was never noticeable. But then when I turned off the frame cap to try to get 155, 52 hertz, which is what the monitor goes to. Um, I think it overclocks to like, well, I don't even know how, why do monitors overclock? I don't know. It goes to 155. But someone recommended that you set it to 152 for some reason. I don't know why, probably because it's an even number. Um, so I did that, but it would never hit 152 unless you were in a menu. And the reason why is because it was rendering a 4K. So I last night adjusted it to be 1440. And my God, it looks better. You get more jaggies. That's the reason why NVIDIA does that because if the it artifacts. renders- You get a little bit more artifacts around the corners of angles, but it renders at almost 152 frames always. Like in, in situations where it was like 70 before, it's now 120. So it's twice 60 frames. It's amazing. Yeah, because it's less than, it's less than a quarter. No, it's less than like a third of the resolution. Yeah. But it, you so don't, know, but it actually looks- 1440, yeah. It actually looks- better because it's not downscaling 4k to no it's not, it's not trying to stuff a bunch of pixels into a smaller tube yeah that's right yeah so it looks better and it is rendering at like 140 plus frames and it's it's amazing it's so much different do you feel like this contributed to your achievement of getting these guns that you've been working so hard for i think it helped for sure but i mean it's even cooler now because now i have even more frames it's not quite like you're running around seeing things four times as fast as anybody else, but in reality, it actually is true. Technically, it is true. Yes, that's true. But, but I don't know if it's that much of a... There's sampling factors and eyes sampling the screen. And, and your eyeballs and your brain. Yeah, it just makes it really, really smooth. It, it's just... It's it's quite awesome when it, it runs. It does. It's smooth, but it's not soap opera effect. No, it's like the kind of smooth that you would imagine. Would it be looks like real-life humans with real-life guns. Yeah, yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm very happy that it's worked out for you. Yeah, that's my follow-up. I mean, I got the guns. I fixed the frame rate. Uh, Destiny's in a real good place for me right now. Except now I have nothing to do because I got the guns. Taking a break. When's the next reset? Three weeks. Next season starts three weeks. That sounds like the perfect amount of time to jump into Little Red Dead. Well, it's not on PC yet. Oh. No, I don't, I don't want to play it. I'm just saying. No, I don't want to play it on PS4 regular. It's coming on, it's coming on PC. I'll play it there eventually. No, I have a long list of games that I have to play. I have Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I'm like, I think I'm like 40%, 30% through, something like that. And it was just starting to get good. And then I was playing it when Destiny was at a low point, but I think before Season of the Forge. I don't know. I was playing it a little while ago and then Destiny kind of kicked up. 
I also have Rise. I have the no Shadows of the Tomb Raider that it's I have the newest beat. one, right? It's installed on my PC. Haven't I mean I was playing it. Got to play that. I think I bought that, but I haven't played it yet. I'm still playing the second one. Yeah, I beat the second one. I'm on this one. This one's pretty good. And then I have Far Cry Five that I bought. Oh yeah, because it was on sale, and the, the expand, apparently the new expansion is really good. Mm-hmm. And what else do I have? I still need to beat Witcher Three. I just want to beat it just because. Because I've heard the later expansions are better than the Prime game. The main oh really? Game. Yeah, like the Blood and Wine where you're in France is supposed to be like really cool. Um, and then what else did I get? I don't know. I have I have a oh and I have far I have a Grand Theft Auto Five that I could play. Nice. I haven't. I mean, that, it was, that's it was a, a fun game. That's a go-to. It's an all-timer right there. You can. I still haven't beat it. Never beat it. You don't have to beat it. Go steal no, a helicopter. I, I mean, I did enough of that in Grand Theft Auto 4 and 3. But you can do it in 5 too. Vice City. I don't know. San Andreas. I, did, I got enough of the like running around stealing ambulances and running people over. It's like not much fun. I won't actually beat it. That's true. And, f- and 5 has such a cool story. 5 has a really good story. Yeah, that's actually it. worth doing. Yeah, I could tell already. I only played like like three of the cutscenes, and I was like, yeah, this is cool. That's actually a really good idea. I might, can we co-op on the game? On I think you can, I think GTA there's great 5? GTA 5 online, but then you just end up like stealing helicopters and running into things. That's true. I don't know. Interesting. I've been looking for games to play. The last ones I bought were Tomb Raider, the second, or the newest Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. which I haven't played yet because I'm still playing the second one. And then, oh, this is kind of, so, yesterday I bought a little game called Rocket League. Mm, you're never gonna leave that. Do you know why I bought Rocket League? No, because Epic Games bought them. Yeah, and and they were there was a discussion about them pulling it from the Steam Store. So, guess what I did when I heard this news? You bought it from the Steam Store. I bought it from the Steam Store until they pull the file, give you a refund. No, that's the thing is that they are. There have been games that have been that have gone down that path where Epic has bought them, made them exclusives, turn off the Linux support, and don't give people refunds for them. There's well, why there's an would entire you buy it on Steam then, because I'm supporting Steam, mm. not Epic. I mean, Steam is not like you know they haven't been doing much to help. They're themselves. not perfect, but Epic is noticeably. I don't worse. know why everybody hates Epic. Is it just because their launcher is bad? Their launcher is bad. It doesn't run on Linux. They are taking features away from games. So they have bought, they have now bought, I think a half a dozen games that had Linux support and they've turned off Linux. Support. You just hate the Linux thing. Well, no, I mean, there's no reason to do that is the problem. Sure. I mean, they don't want to support it. They own the games now. They don't want to support well, Linux. This is, this is the problem with the crutch of exclusivity is that it, it allows you to be lazy about building an actual platform. They go, oh, well, we have an exclusive game so we don't have to worry about building an actual platform. All right. Well, I'm going to save this argument because we've already had it. <laughs> 